Welcome back to CrimeFiction.fm, where we bring the authors of today's best novels directly to you. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and I'm here with USA Today best-selling author Rebecca Forster, the author of the Josie Bates thriller series. Or is it the Witness series? I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. Rebecca, welcome. Please straighten me out here. Thank you so much. Good morning. Um, you know, it's funny. It's become the Witness series. And uh, since these books were never meant to be a series but caught on with the public, it's now seven books in, and I can't believe it. But there are some people who feel so strongly about the title character that uh, for them, it's it's all about Josie Bates, <laughs> and and for me, it's the Witness series. So I I don't know, and it, it's at Amazon, it it kind of lists them in in both ways. It does, it does, and I think a lot of that too is because um, the way Amazon works is that when people are searching for a certain thing, they like you to give them as many chances to find your work as possible, and so if somebody remembers the name of the character, somebody has said, oh, you have to read about Josie Bates. There are spiders inside there. All these machines can go find Josie Bates. And somebody else might say, oh, I read a witness book. So that's why there's, you know, it just makes it easier for readers to find. But I I fondly call it the witness series. <laughs> okay. And for listeners, normally we're focused on a specific new release book. But... I've had this idea with actually Rebecca's help. She's the one that suggested this way back before the show uh, was even launched. It was during the development stage. It's like, why don't you just do a series every so often? So, of course, I want the first series to be yours, and, and we'll call it the Witness Series. We will, and many thanks for letting me be the first. I feel like the first one in a parade. <laughs> first float. And I want to tell people how dedicated you are to your craft. It is 608 a.m. where you are when we're recording this. So <laughs> kudos to you for being here. And I'm even awake. I mean, I really am. I'm so proud of myself. All right. One last thing on the series idea. And this is the, the qualifications for this are two. One is that I have to have had, I have to personally have read every single book of the series. And two, I have to really like it, which the two kind of go together because you wouldn't read every book in a series if you didn't like it. But that's one way of saying I've read every book in this series. I'm holding in my hand now the page paperback copy of Hostile Witness that I bought at a Barnes & Noble, oh. I'm going to say 100 years ago, but that would date us both. It was probably, it was over a decade ago. It was. It was about, I think it was 2004. And I kept that, I think, in my memory is not what it should be. You may remember all this, but there were two or three books, and then there was a lag. And I kept right. all those books on my bookshelf in an area where I wanted to do sporadic research to see if there was a new book. So, like, for every three or four months for years, I would go oh. out and search to see if there was a new book. And then finally, I almost fell off my chair when there was a new book. So, <laughs> can you share with readers and with me what caused that lag? I sure can. It, it's an interesting um, business and uh Techno technological uh, change that came about at the time in 2004, 2005, 2006, which were the first three books were published by Penguin Putnam. And they, um, they did all right with those books. 
And basically, because that's a big publisher, they need to do better than all right with their books. The editor who had purchased the original series, which were the three you had, jumped ship, and she went on over to uh, another publishing house, and I inherited an editor who wasn't as thrilled as my original editor was with the series. So they declined to publish any more books in the series, and at that point, things were changing in the business. So you saw Borders was going away, independent bookstores were having troubles, distribution was not what it once was. Um, bottom line, it was much more difficult not just to get a book published, but to get a book noticed um, and out in full distribution channels. So I decided after 25 years, maybe it was time to retire. And one day my husband says to me, oh, look, this thing called Kindle is up. So <laughs> suddenly the technology has has given me a whole new opportunity. And I said, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't know what that is. Well, he convinced me to upload the Witness series and some of my other backlist, and lo and behold, it went crazy. <laughs> I, I had no idea. And so many people were reading the first three books of the series and writing to me, and I thought, wow, this, is, this isn't just a flash in the pan. This is a whole new way of reading. And in the last, what, five years that I've now been digitally publishing as an independent, I've written um, four more four more Witness Series books. I've written others also. But the Witness Series has now grown to seven books. And I had a lady write me the other day saying she went to Hermosa Beach and had a, a drink <laughs> with her son. And she wanted me to know she didn't realize Hermosa Beach was real and how fun that was. But the sad thing was she asked the bartender whether he knew Josie Bates, and he didn't, and that disappointed her. <laughs> <laughs> so there's some weird mixture there between reality and, and fiction. And wasn't that wonderful? I mean, that was yes. just the coolest thing in the whole world to, to touch someone, you know, in that manner. And so there's a difference between popularity in the traditionally published because they have such a tight bottom line they have to stick to, you know, they have a lot of overhead expenses and an independent can work, you know, more fluidly. So it, yeah, I was really lucky. And I'm, I'll tell you, I'm very proud that series has grown to seven books. And as speaking as one of your readers, we are as a group thrilled that you discovered <laughs> indie publishing and have published four more of these because Thank we you. love them. We love the characters. Let's explain to readers who might not be familiar with Josie and the character set that you've got a little bit about Josie, and then we'll talk about the series. Okay. Um, Josie Bates was actually inspired by a judge who is a friend of ours. She is well over six feet tall. Um, she paid her way through school by on a volleyball scholarship out here at uh, UCLA. So I thought, wow, that that's kind of an interesting little, you know, character trait for, for my, my um, character. And I made Josie Bates a volleyball player. Unfortunately, originally I set her in the wrong city. I set her in Venice, California, where they really don't care about volleyball one, one way or the other. They're, they're kind of a Haight-Ashbury kind of beach. So I moved her into Hermosa Beach, which uh, hosts the big volleyball tournaments. Um, 
It was the perfect setting for her. It gave her a home in which she could have a community where she could meet her love interest and and, uh, be in a small town atmosphere so that you get that sense that she truly cares about everyone around her. She had had a big-time defense career um, until she defended someone who ended up killing their children once Josie got them off the charge of killing their husband. And that rattled her sensibilities. Yeah, I, I've always been fascinated by defense attorneys and wonder how they can defend truly, truly evil people. Mm-hmm. And so at the core of Josie Bates is a true sense of justice that there are there is some evil that is indefensible. And she has retreated to this small beach town, and um, she uh, she believes this is almost like a penance for her, she believes. But what she finds is her core community and people she can really care about and defend. Unfortunately, the rest of the world keeps, keeps falling in on her. And uh, very strong lady, I think very sensitive lady. Uh, she still does play beach, beach volleyball and She's totally buff, which I, I envy greatly. I thought she was based almost entirely on you from seeing the pictures. Oh, absolutely. If I was only, you know, six six inches taller. and uh, <laughs> Maybe, maybe just know. a smidge buffer. <laughs> However, I'm going to accept that, and thank you very much for it. <laughs> well, I love Josie as a character, but in the first book, Hostile Witness, you introduced some other characters that you've carried through the entire series. So let's talk a little bit about Archer and Hannah. Yes, Archer and Hannah are what I would consider Josie's sort of blended, cobbled-together family. Um, She and Archer are not married, but Archer is a quiet, retired uh, cop early. um, His deal after he retired is he's a photographer, so he takes pictures of the ocean. They all live on the beautiful strand at Hermosa Beach. And if readers are ever in Southern California, you must visit Hermosa. It's a true, true little gem. Um, so Archer is her love interest, but more than that, he is her Greek chorus. He's the one always standing to the side. And when it's time to point out a problem, an ethical dilemma, he's, he's the voice she hears. And I love that juxtaposition that they stand side by side, but she tends to be uber righteous at times. And he's the one who has to sort of keep her from, as my kids call it, hulking out. So they, they, you know, blend with one another very well. And they each bring different attributes to a thriller setting. Hannah was the, in hostile witness, Hannah was the girl she defended. Um, she was 16 years old. She was accused of, of, uh, murdering her step-grandfather, who was the California Supreme Court justice. And Hannah's a really interesting compilation of all the girls I met in my son's high schools when they were that age. These girls were incredibly gorgeous. There must be something in the water. I don't know. But I didn't look like that when I was a teenager. (laughs) No people look like, the way teenagers look like now, no one looked like that when we were younger. They are, they are just stunning to look at. And because of that, I think adults tend to think they, 
are adults, that they don't need supervision, they don't need love. And so here's strong Hannah, who's taking care of her mother. Her mother is a piece of work also. Um, Hannah is multiracial, which I really liked, because that gives her a lot to fight against, a lot to be wary of. And when, I won't give away the book, but she and Josie end up together at the end. So you have a family of a woman who has been on her own all her life, never married, um, and is in her 40s, a lovely, gorgeous lady, but not in the traditional sense. She's very athletic. You've got a gentleman who has been married before um, as her love interest, but gives her lots of room. And then you've got a teenager in the mix who is probably more sophisticated and savvy than most adults, and yet is still has huge vulnerabilities. Um, and, and I, I have to say, Hannah, Hannah really gets to my heart. She really, really does. I don't know if you can tell that from the books, but (laughs) I love Hannah. Now the series, these are legal thrillers because Josie's an attorney. Uh, this, each book is self-contained, but there is a, there's an arc for these primary characters. They keep evolving through through the series. The most recent book is Dark Witness. In actual clock time, how far away was that from the first book? That well, the first book was written in two thousand and four. No, I don't mean it that. I mean in, in like in uh, Hannah's age, oh, for example. For example, time, you mentioned in time. Uh, it's it's about a year. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, it's about a year. Uh, I think Hannah goes from being 16 to 17, and Billy is, Billy is almost 18. He, he has to be um, 18 before he's free of his problems uh, as a juvenile. And that, that, that was tough. I had to ask the reader to suspend disbelief a little bit in concerning ages because Quite frankly, and I and I will be frank. Why not? Um, <laughs> quite frankly, none of this was planned, and that for me was kind of, as an author was kind of the beauty of it. I didn't know their backstories before I started writing. I knew Josie's, and I knew Hannah's, and I knew Archer's vaguely. Mm-hmm. But at, with each book, it, I intended to make them all courtroom drama, legal thrillers. But you note only the first three really are courtroom drama. Mm -hmm. What I did with the rest of them is I found the characters were just driving me on. I needed to know who was Josie's mother. I needed to know where she was. I needed to know all these things about each individual character. And so what I did was in subsequent books after book three, Privileged Witness, I followed them, but I always used a legal premise not so much courtroom drama, but a legal premise um, of why, you know, of, of our laws about uh, chronologically who is a juvenile and, and who isn't, um, how we can protect juveniles. I used father's rights in one um, because I was just fascinated by how difficult fathers have, you know, in terms of gaining custody of their children. Um, and I used, uh, the MK ultra experiments, which I found very interesting, the mind control experiments Mm -hmm. and how 
where does our government find, you know, legal premises for holding people against their will? I, I just, I'm a very curious person, and it turns out that the world has enough strange situations that these poor characters have been thrown into that, that I took it, I followed the character arcs more than I followed the what's an accepted format for legal thrillers. Where's the best place? As I mentioned, all of these are standalone books. They can all be read right. standalone. Right. But if someone came up to you today and said, I just, I just heard you on crimefiction.fm. I, I want to read this series. What's the best place to jump in? Where is that? <laughs> the best place to jump in is the first book because it's free. <laughs> <laughs> Notice the way I set you up there. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> and it's the one that I have the paperback edition of. That I, Let me go back and see how much I paid for that. $6.99. So you can send me my check. <laughs> I, I will be happy to. Actually, I do believe it's a collector's item now. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so just take it down to uh, Antiques Roadshow and you'll be good. <laughs> Um, no, you know, it's funny there. I have a lot of favorite ones. I could, if, if you really like to me, a creepy, creepy thriller expert witness is probably the creepiest, um, one I did just personally forgotten witness is fun because the two characters, main characters, Stephen Kyle and Ian Francis are actually real people, real friends of mine in England. And uh, they were always after me to uh, to put them in a book, so I made one of them crazy, and I let the other one live with three wahinis, and um, you know they they had a great time. But each of my books has a backstory behind it. Every single one, for instance, Hostile Witness, with the um, trial of a juvenile. My husband was working. Um, he's a judge and he had a 16 year old boy he had to sentence as an adult. And this was many years ago. Nobody really heard about that. You know, then, um, it was always juvenile court, but this child had killed three people point blank, Hmm. uh, with a gun. And, um, my husband is a very solid straight on straight arrow guy. And it's first time I'd really seen him, a little unnerved about a case in front of him. And he knew sentencing this boy to life in adult prison was literally a death sentence, but he was constrained by the law. And so that really kind of, you know, started me thinking about this. How do I feel about trying juveniles as adults? So each of my books is either a result of my court watching, my, my, brushes with politics. I just always find something very personal and that's what triggers a story. And I think that's why a lot of people feel as if they know Josie Bates, you know, because Mm -hmm. it does translate that personal, whether it's outrage or curiosity, I think it does translate. And Hostile Witness will always be near and dear to my heart because that one was, I mean, right, right in my home. Hostile Witness, I checked this morning. You currently have 3,406 reviews at Amazon (laughs) with a 4.3 out of 5 star rating, which is just extraordinary. So Uh, as as you mentioned, this is free. It's a great way to become familiar with the characters, be introduced to the series. And if you like it, there are six more books, and I'm hoping there are more to come. uh, You know, I'm not sure right now. I'm taking a little break. The... 
Josie and her pals have had 10 years of my life. Um, and I thought Dark Witness wrapped it up, but I found out very soon after it was published that that was not the case for the readers. <laughs> so the readers definitely want to know what happened to Billy. And I have, I'm not quite sure what happened to Billy. <laughs> so, so it will, it will come. And as soon as I know what happened to Billy, I will definitely be writing number eight, but I'd also like to do a couple of things. I, if I live long enough, would love to go back, um, to write the backstory of the case that that drove Josie out of the uh, high high powered mm-hmm. defense world. That I'd would be fun. Ex- yeah, that would I be a fun I'd story. I'd love yep. to explore that. Um, and the other thing I would like to do is I'd like to kind of break off the characters. I'd like to follow Hannah somewhere. I think she's she's getting to an age where it would be interesting to see how she lived her life. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't mind getting her mom out of jail because her mom was so evil. I loved writing her. Oh, <laughs> loved Linda. So I wouldn't want Linda on my doorstep, but I really would like to write about her again. <laughs> so, yeah, lots, of, lots and lots of plans and um, hopefully enough time to do it. Rebecca, what's the best way for readers to keep up with you and all that you're doing? Because you don't just write this series. You write standalones. You, you've got a lot of other things going. What's the best way for people to keep up with you? Love to have people go check out my website. Um, it's uh, RebeccaForster.com. Really easy. Everything I have is under Rebecca Forster, and that's R-E-B-E-C-C-A, F as in Frank, O-R-S-T-E-R. It's no double R's, no extra E's. It's pretty simple. <laughs> um, just a simple old Forster name, not a fancy Forster name. And, uh, you know, go through the website. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Pinterest. I'm on Facebook. Uh, I love getting email. Love, love it. So send me a note. I answer them all right away and um, just have made some some marvelous, marvelous friends because of these books all around the world. And it's been, it's been exciting. I, I can't tell readers enough how much this digital red revolution has meant. The fact that I get input and I do, I do read the reviews and I do see where maybe sometimes I could have done something better. And I do uh, appreciate knowing what I do right and try to incorporate all that. So I don't, I, I hope readers know how very important they are. Um, it's just so, yeah, give me a shout out. I love it. <laughs> All right, Rebecca, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you. I appreciate it. This is Stephen Campbell for crimefiction.fm. You can find us on iTunes and on the web at www.crimefiction.fm, where you'll also find links to everything we mentioned today. If you are an iTunes listener, please subscribe and give us a rating or a review. Those will help other readers find great new books like the Witness series from Rebecca Forster. Thanks for listening.